from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Jackson will keep it. Sweeps to the right, looking to throw. Now he lobs it at the ten. He's got a man open. Touchdown, Ravens! Isaiah Likely! The Ravens strike first in New Orleans. Jackson will handle the Drake. He's got a crease. He's to the one. He's to the goal line. Touchdown, Ravens! Kenyon Drake! It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here as the company. Ari steering the ship in the Finley Toyota Studios. Ravens win last night on Monday Night Football. We'll get to that in the 5 o'clock hours. We'll uh, continue the debate about who is the best team in the AFC. And on the flip side, may have a discussion today about who is the worst team in the AFC? Is it the hometown Raiders? And should it be the hometown Raiders in terms of their goal or goals the rest of the way? Let's get to it. It's the three on Cofield and company. Big day of football talk. We'll get into election day a little bit, throw out some odds a little later on, get to the latest, especially on uh, Nevada elections. We do have another college football playoff rankings release coming up. Nope. Nope, we're not doing this. That's it. You're out. We're not doing this. <laughs> I'll come out of the gates and give my rankings. And I fully recognize this is a TV show. So if I were on the panel, say instead of like Kelly Whiteside, a fellow Rutgers person, this is what I would have. Georgia one, Tennessee two. Ohio State 3, TCU 4, Michigan 5. Okay. First half against Rutgers, you're not moving up. Sorry. Most dominant second half team in the country? First half against Rutgers, you're not moving up. Alabama 6. Eh, it's just one game and it was on the road. Don't care that LSU beat them, but I did move LSU up to 7. The Pac-12 teams, Oregon 8, USC 9, UCLA 10, Ole Miss 11, Clemson 12. I do reserve the right in future weeks. If Clemson bounces back and looks decent, they could be right there back on the edge of the top four. Why? Because we need them for the TV show. We need them to be within hailing distance. So there you go. Well, you saw what Georgia happened. 1, Tennessee 2. You saw what happened? Houston, Philadelphia, World Series. Nobody watched. You got to get the right teams in. Got to get the right teams in. And unlike, not going to go full conspiratorial, with results on the field being determined by officials that died with Don David Sternio in the NBA. This TV show actually can dictate sure. how ratings turn out by putting the right teams in. But right now it's a TV show about anger, about what about us? And people buy into it or bite on it hook, line, and sinker. They love it. I've Even made, you got affected last week. You nope. had a mini meltdown over your Michigan Wolverines being nope. on the outside looking in. I'm I'm more upset. Straight at the schedule. Straight at the schedule. I'm more upset. Why not with the is show. Rutgers on the schedule? What the are you doing? Conference game. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm more upset not with the TV show, but with uh, you not liking the theory of, hey, let's play a half where we just figure a team out and then destroy them in the second half, which is what Michigan does. No. And you're holding it against them. So. Got to beat them from beginning to end. Otherwise, not that impressive. That's fine. I mean, I have in my rankings are two lanes one. So uh, why not? 
Washington State's two. That, uh, the Tulane angle what, has been my angle in the past. Since he let me down last year, I had him number one for much of the year, and then they kind of laid an yeah, egg once they got in. Results really don't matter. They didn't let you down. They deserve to be there. That's a good point. There. One result does not matter. It's I'm, a long haul. If they play 100 times, then we'd have a real champion. I actually, I actually have Washington State, too. So, I mean, they're, they're not good, but why not? Who cares? Because guess well, what? Lots of people care. Well, no, because next, next week, aren't you going to watch to see if they're still there? Well, that one's a little absurd. Now you're getting crazy. It's not as crazy as what they do. Now they just arbitrarily crazy. put whoever they want there. Well, it's not that arbitrary. Come on. It is arbitrary. It's completely arbitrary. They do whatever they want. Bad weather today. In California and Nevada. Go figure. The odds are very low <laughs> on election day. So I don't know if the old adage still holds that people don't go out in bad weather. I mean, when we say bad weather, it's all relative. It ain't snowing out. All right. It's misty and a bit chilly and not sunny. It sucks. It's worse now than it was an hour ago. Why do you have a t-shirt on? Where's your jacket? I, was, I, went for, I mean, I had a sweatshirt on earlier. Oh, you did? Was, okay, good. When I was standing in line. Sweatshirt weather. Uh, you tried to vote earlier. I did. By the way, I don't think you're allowed to wear election t-shirts. What is that? Are you allowed to wear, you're like stumping for different candidates with that t-shirt? What's going on here? Ferris Bueller? Oh, I ballot? didn't know who Ferris was. He was not. I did not get to vote on a Ferris. Is he on the ballot? Well, you've got a save Ferris shirt on. What was the? Uh, if you if you uh, tune in, <laughs> if you tune in, it was the focus of early in the Mick Lombardi press conference today. Oh, okay, you, I think he was trying to disarm everyone. Okay, you can explain that. I want you to explain that later because your note you sent over was coordinators had nothing to say, so they said something. Yeah, they started to talk about my shirt, so they wouldn't have to answer questions about the team. Oh, you okay? <laughs> yes. You caught their attention. Yeah. Uh, so election day today, there's no NBA. The NBA took the day off. Why? The NBA is woke. For election day. Trying to encourage people to vote. Is the NBA woke? I mean, I don't know that voting, <laughs> encouraging people to vote. Is, is that a, a bad thing? Are people mad at the NBA for taking the day off? Or well, they... Half of people are. Okay. Because we heard a VSIN host, hostess, sure. threw out a woke for the NBA. We heard. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yes, yes. There, it, encouraging people to vote is a very political thing. If you, I reminded people in the media. Room, even, it's not even, is it a political thing? Is it a, is it really a bad thing? Like people are mad at the NBA? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like if you take up for participating in the process, people are going to get mad at you? Of course. Yeah. Man. Well, every, How I broken mean, are we? Very. It, it's, and this is, this has been a long going. It's not a, it's not a secret. This isn't even a new thing. It's always been known if everyone voted, one side would always win. So you do have to stop some people from voting if you want to have a chance to win in the election. So, yeah, I think if you tell – like I told I told people as they were leaving the meeting room today to not not forget to vote, and one person wasn't happy with that. Who was that? Somebody that was there wasn't happy with the fact that I was telling people to go vote. So, that grainy? Uh, he wasn't there. So Who wasn't? I'm not going to get Are gonna you going to make me name it. everyone who could have been in the room? Sure. If Chris you, Matthews? If you want to. I'm not, I don't know. Ron Futrell? You can name as many Paul people as you want. I'm not going to say Paul, Paul's in California. Beach Rider? I think Paul was in. Cassie still, Soto? I think Paul was still in California to. Uh, to Willie vote. Ramirez? Uh, he wasn't there today either. He just posted that he voted. He put a sticker up on Twitter. Someone really got mad at you that you said, hey, well, just make like, sure oh, you vote. not everybody should vote. Oh, really? Well, that sounded like an old person. That was an old person impression. Don't vote. Back in my day, 
Yes, but telling, we made sure people didn't vote. Telling people to vote is has absolutely become that's absolutely become a political issue. You're a jerk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, half the people think you're a jerk. Yeah. Sure. I don't know which side is which. Interesting. Well, get out there and vote. I know you had a little trouble earlier, right? It was a bit crowded. Well, so that's uh, a good yeah. sign, actually, that it was crowded, but you couldn't vote. Yeah, but I did talk to, so I was in a group text with some people, and I said, well, I said, I'm, I'm standing in line to vote, because I got there about 1.15, because you know, the show's at 3. Yeah, kind of pushing it. No, <laughs> I've never waited for more than a half hour to vote. Again, why you're voting on election day, I don't get. Because I like the tradition of voting on election day. Shove your tradition. Just get the uh, vote in. I should. I did it two weeks I'm ago. Going and to. It was like 16 minutes door to door. It was awesome. I'm going to after the show. Good luck. Okay. I mean, if, I'll you have wait. A story, if you have a story tomorrow that you didn't get your vote in, I, I, my reaction will be I'll wait of for, rage. I'll wait for as long as I have to. That's a good point. But once you're in line, you're set. I want to pull the Larry David, though, too. What was the Larry it's David? It's one of the greatest things ever when uh, the scene that he had where he was, uh, he was working on a campaign for his friend that was running. And he showed up to vote, and the line was like 45 minutes long. Right. And he starts asking around, like, hey, who are you voting for? And he's like, oh, you're voting for the other guy? Let's just both leave. That's like, that's like we're both right, we voting. We each other out. Yeah. yeah, we cross each other out. They both left, and then the, the election was decided by one vote. Ah. Uh, <laughs> could happen. I was looking around for people to say, hey, let's, who are you voting for? Let's cancel it out. That's a great. One of the... One of the texts I said I sent to the group text because uh, one of my one of the people that was in the text, uh, one of my coworkers at the RJ, uh, when I was saying, "Hey, I'm in line. It looks like it's going to be like two or three hours," and his response was, "The I just went and voted. There was not one person in line. So different parts of town." But my response was, "I'm looking around and uh, I, I need to vote because I I can just tell by the looks of everyone here that don't, not, don't judge a book by the cover. <laughs> it's not going well. Uh, what's going to happen with the Golden Knights tonight? This thing keep rolling? I think they lose. Really? I do. All right. And I look. I think the Golden Knights. Talking. Been, Time to go to the uh, sportsbook machine. <laughs> Golden Knights have been playing out of their mind for sure. They are. Uh, I, I mean, could be said they're probably the best team in the NHL right now. And there's a long way to go. I'm not saying that means they're going to win a title, but right now, today, their power ratings are through the roof. They are probably playing the best of anyone right now. Um, fully healthy. When some teams that are at the top are beat up, so uh, they've been very good, and this trip's been going Ooh. very well. But I do think they are running into a. A tough spot with a Toronto team that's very, very talented, is starting to play a little bit better, and has a little bit of revenge on their mind. Good price. Down to 110. All right. It was 125 earlier. There you I'm go. in. That's all it takes. Good. Talk to Anyone you on the show makes a recommendation, except Willie, uh, I will bet. <laughs> What's wrong? If What's Willie wrong makes a recommendation, I then try to bet against him on the air, especially the season-long bets. Something. Which, boy, he is, he is enthralled by all of our bets. I got to listen a little bit yesterday. And he just, he randomly throws out, you know, Steve and I have a bet without explaining what the bet is. I think he lives and dies by these bets. They're for dinners. Not a big deal. Obsessed. Wants to win. But, so you, you like those too. Um, I like winning bets on the show. Sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one that's eaten at him is just how bad the Raiders have been. Yeah. That's one of the all-time greats I've made on the show. Chiefs minus two and a half wins against the Raiders. Well, it's not there yet. Looking okay. I would. I know. mean, uh, if 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 they went with your plan, I'm home free. Well, the, I think your, the, your your plan again because you said this when they hired McDaniel's and Ziegler. Your plan was tear the whole thing down, move on from Derek Carr, tear the whole thing down. I think you're ready to tear a lot of it down. I don't know where you are in Carr right now, but sitting 
where they're sitting at this point in the season, you're done. Well, it was done before the year, as you right. said. But, but 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 they they retooled a bit. They added. They shined a couple things up. They wanted to make another run at the playoffs. Maybe ten wins again. Maybe more. It has not worked out at all. There's very little hope. Without a miraculous turnaround, that they're going to make the playoffs. You want them to tear it down, or at least ta- they don't have to tear anything down. Tank. Yeah, abs- Tank. absolutely. Well, but I mean that's. When you make the determination that you're not going to win or make the playoffs or whatever it is, you should start looking to the future. And I think they should do that. And I think I think they should have done it before the year. They're going to, in some part, do that after the season. I think that's pretty clear at this point. And all that means is that you're a year behind in getting where you want to get to. Yep. So that, that was my point before this season. I, I think when they came in, they looked at what they had, and they said, this is a playoff team. There's a lot of pieces here. We can add Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, and all of a sudden a playoff team becomes a Super Bowl contender. Let's do that. But I think, you know, if you want to use the the poker analogy, I think they felt like they were pot committed to this team and saying, hey, we've already put enough into this. Let's go all in and see if we can make this happen. The problem with that is you lose the hand and now you've got nothing left and you got to completely start over. I thought they should have had said, okay, some of our chips are here. Let's let's save some of these chips and let's play for the next couple of hands, which is the next couple of seasons, that's what I would have done. And I thought that's what they were going to do because you also have a little bit of you have a leeway at that point, right? You can come in and say, look, they made the playoffs. It was smoke and mirrors. There's a lot that needs to be done to this roster. Give us two or three seasons and we're going to get there. But by coming in and saying, we're all in here, now you now people are angry and like this team went to the playoffs last year. Like this was not a good team. We told you that a thousand times. It wasn't a good team that made the playoffs, but you kind of played it like you had a good team, and now you're in this position. 364-1100, Coming up on Friday, T-Mobile. 8 o'clock show, Post Malone. Post Malone, AXS.com is where you get your tickets. We've got two, 364-1100, Post Malone, this Friday, 8 o'clock show at the Fortress. Post Malone tickets, Ari's got them, 364-1100. Today after Cofield and Company, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Las Vegas. A lot of stuff to work on right now, including myself, just in terms of just being better. You know, the teams adjust in this league. Really good coaches in this league, really good players, they adjust. And then we got to counter punch that and just adjust back with it. But a lot of times it comes down to those adjustments within the game. And unfortunately, you know, they got the upper hand this past week. But, you know, again, we're going to keep working at it right now. And that's what we're doing. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. So you were talking about what do you think the Raiders should do the rest of the season at two and six, still with a shot. Be a hell of a run to make the playoffs, but still have a shot. If they were to start tanking now, what does that mean? What do you need them to do? I mean, so cars not cars not playing quarterback. I say ideally or realistically, because ideally, uh, Devontae Adams has a little bit of an ankle tweak, and so you start sitting guys with minor injuries. That's ideal. That's not right. realistic. It's not right. going to happen. I'm not suggesting that right. they do that. It, it just to me, in an ideal world, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby are, you know, ah, little tweak, little tweak in the knee. Ah, I'm not sure what that is. Maybe a little hamstring, um, something like that. And potentially, I mean, do you say, yeah, Stidham play? Maybe Chase Garbers plays. That's the ideal. What do you have in Chase Garbers? Let's find out. And again, I'm not suggesting or saying that's happening. Just that's what I would do. In my ideal world. 
Um, what are they going to do? I think they're going to keep playing until they're mathematically eliminated and they're going to keep trying to win. Like they're, it'd be a real uphill battle to try to out tank the Colts this week. Like, they're flat out tanking. So how could you, how could you do Ursa doesn't believe that. Ursa believes in what he just did. No, I don't think he did. I don't think he does. I, I, I don't think he made this move to win. I think he knows they have to move on in the future. I think Jeff Saturday's a spy. Jeff Saturday's his, his close friend. Look, you have three guys with either coaching wow. experience or, or potential head coaches. A spy on for what and on who? It's like his best friend. He wants to send them in because you you have guys. You have John Fox on staff. You have Gus Bradley on staff. Uh, you've got guys that can that can be the coach right now that have done it before. Right. But he wants to, he wants somebody in there to say, all right, look, work with these guys. Not a spy is the wrong word, but it's his it's his eyes and ears on the ground. Work with these guys. Talk to these guys. Who belongs to stay? Who's working hard? Who's doing the right things? Do one of them b- deserve the job? Th- that's what he's there for, to me. And potentially, hey, if he makes it work, maybe he's a candidate at some point down the road. But right. I think I think he's in there to kind of give them a report to try to. He was like a consultant that comes in, right, to a to a company, and talk to everybody, work with everybody, tell me what everybody's doing, and I'll make a decision who should stay, who should go, maybe who should be a candidate for the job. I think that's what Jeff Saturday is doing there. Interesting. I think I would have bought it more as a tank. Well, I think, I mean, obviously he also knows that he's probably not winning games. That's probably part of it. Well, he defended him. Sam Ellinger is still playing. He defended him big time. Sure. In the press conference. Well, after all the the last, you know, after all the feedback and the anger and the the vitriol, I think he kind of had to. But, um, and also he loves Jeff Saturday. Like Jeff Saturday is super tight with him. And he always has loved him, so he's like he's going to defend him anyway. Did he basically call Frank Reich a puss? We well, called all, all math people, which is preposterous. He said a lot of coaches around the NFL are scared. They're scared, and that's why they were, you know I don't want a guy with experience. He wasn't talking directly about Frank Reich, but he said I don't want a guy with experience. I don't want a guy who gets scared and falls back on analytics, which kind of is a shot of Frank Reich, who did do that. What um, do you think would happen if Frank Reich walked back into the facility? And you don't have to punch Ursay in the face, but if he knocked him to the ground, could Ursay get up? Uh, he's a pretty tough dude, I think. Is he? He's been I through I, it. I feel like, okay, maybe just his speech pattern and his mind but, right now seems a bit warped. I, maybe. I had a thought about this comment in terms of I, I'm casting aspersions a little bit on Ursay. I don't think he's an actual business person. I think he got, he got the money from his dad. Is I well, believe that, what I mean, that's fact, yeah. His dad um, had gave him the team, but he hasn't run like a, a he hasn't run a business. I don't know because I would I would say to him, all right, let, let's just say you have a you have a factory, right? And I tell you, hey, you're dedicating ten percent of your resources to over here, and it's making you ninety percent of your profits, and you're dedicating all the rest of your resources over here, and it's making you nothing. What would you do? And he would say, oh, dedicate our resources to things making me money. That's analytics. That is analytics. What are you talking about? You're scared. You mean smart? <laughs> Is that what you mean? Yeah. People that say they don't Critical. like analytics or they hate analytics right. are just you. You're just saying. You just say instead. I'm an idiot. Right. I'm a moron. <laughs> I don't understand math. Critical thinking using numbers it's, it's, to, be, run a, to run to run a business. Put it in different Scared. terms. Right. Put it in different terms for people. This is this is where I make my decisions. I'm pointing yeah. to my gut. Like, that's what you do in business, this, too? This is what I do. In your factory, you're like, yeah. oh, really? That's not making any money? Double down on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a good feeling about it. It's just, it's, 
<laughs> gallery them all. Nice. Um, I, you know, I, I just I hear these things and it just it drives me nuts. I, I get that you want to, you know, you want to fight back or you want to say, hey, look, this is what I believe and this is what I've always I've always done. I, I get that to some degree, but when you take shots at it and don't think through what you're really saying, yeah, it it, it drives me nuts. We do need Ursay though. He is good for the league. Sure, like yeah. him coming out a couple weeks ago and, and completely out of turn, not supposed to be saying it. You know, there's merit for getting rid of Dan Snyder. And, you know, Grinnell's well, like, we we told you guys not to say anything. Ursay. Come on, Ursay. Yeah, Ursay could just be called Id Gaff. I mean, that's that's what he is. He does not care. It's so awesome. He'll say whatever, do whatever. And, yeah, yesterday he came across like an absolute moron. But it's his team. I guess he can do what he wants with it. Just don't don't take sh- – like when – when you practice, I'm sure. Do you do you think? Does anybody out there really think that when he as as the runner as the owner of the Colts, when he's deciding how much tickets are going to cost or how much concessions are going to be, do you think he figures out what the ideal price point is to make the most amount of money? That's analytics. What are you talking about? Oh, you're scared. Are you scared then? Or are you just like uh, hot dogs, thirty eight dollars uh, or eight cents? I, I don't care. Well, actually, this will make the most money. <laughs> Analytics are stupid. No. <laughs> what do you mean? I like the eight cents. <laughs> I get to eat a lot of cheap hot dogs as a consumer. Gonna, uh, I, I love the guys. Like, uh, hot, hot dogs are eight cents. You're gonna lose a lot of money on that. <laughs> They're thirty eight dollars. Nobody will ever buy one. You won't make a dime. <laughs> Analytics, get out of here with that scaredy cat. <laughs> no. <laughs> what are what are people really saying when they don't when they say they don't like analytics or they're they're anti-analytics? That's what you're saying. By the way, <laughs> why am I still getting uh, I'm still getting election calls? I don't know it's why you're getting 12. so many. There's been 12 since the start of this show. 12. Is this stopping tomorrow? You know, it's funny the uh, this morning uh getting ready for work, the SO Saw a political commercial. She's like, thank God, this ends tomorrow. And I was like, no, they're going to keep running them. And she's well, like, will. really? What? And I'm like, no, they'll mostly be done. No, I, I, think- I, I assume, unless it's run like certain places, oh, uh, we've been around say, where the commercials run two extra say, weeks. You've noticed when, when things expire here, there's yeah. not a room Sometimes it happens. Uh, well, some, and sometimes there is, technically, I think a lot, of t- a lot of stations, TV stations, will make them buy ads for like the whole month or the whole week. I Stop. think. Oh, yeah. Stop. And they're like, why not? We have the money. We're going to see more of these commercials with the fire and brimstone and the shaded faces. Yeah. I, I don't look dark, I don't, all the, all the, all the, everyone looks like they took a picture in a dark corner and their face is all craggy and mean yeah. looking. And I should say, I don't, I, I'm not saying any of the stations here. I've seen, I've seen, I saw a documentary about like why you still see political things after, after oh, elections. And it's, it's like, hey, a station is, it's station because they know <laughs> analytics. They know, hey, we, these people have unlimited amount of money. They're going to spend whatever we say. So, hey, you want to run for the first week of November? You have to run the whole month. Coming up next, the seventh example of 54 today on Adam and Analytics. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Okay, I got to get us away from Adam's analytics rant here for a couple minutes. This is about 
subjectivity and gut feeling of what you just saw. We're going to talk a little UNLV basketball at some point in the show. They won last night. They won the opener. Good things, bad things in the game. They won by 10. They beat Southern. I've never been more excited for a college basketball season than this one. Ever. What I saw last night was spectacular. I was doing TV, and I can't even describe how fired up I was. Not to be gross, but I was so fired up on multiple occasions. So I see a tweet early in the day on Monday. Important note for college basketball fans. No more flop warning this season. Remember that? That came around last year, and they do this like, Oh, oh, and they put the they put both of the hands. arms up and they're like, oh, oh, like kind of like it's almost like a motion like the Philly fanatic makes where he pushes his rear end like Grimish used to do, like oh, 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 right? So they do this thing, and you're like, oh, there's the flop warning. Guy faked the charge, fake taking a charge. Put the two fingers together. Oh, bad guy, bad lady. You get a warning. Shame, shame, shame. Yeah, this year. If the official thinks you flopped to class B technical, which means one free throw and the ball goes back to the point of the interruption, just a heads up as you watch college basketball. Woo! I didn't realize how wide-ranging it is. Awesome! Awesome! Uh, UNLV got hit with the first. I think it was Elijah Harkless shoots a three, throws himself to the floor on the miss. All of a sudden, oh, oh, that, that flopping signal. And, and listen, on the broadcast, you know, it's the Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. We're here to give, you know, a little bit of a run Rebel slant to it, Lady Rebel slant to it. And I was like, yeah! I was like, listen, Elijah tried to draw a foul, threw himself to the floor. The call on him. Then there's a charge. Okay, flop again, right? Charge called, or a charge attempted. I guess taking it, drawing a charge, the way, right way to put it. They call it on that. Then they called a head throw. Right? How bad is the head throw? Dribble, oh. dribble, dribble, get a little body. Oh, my head. How long have the officials been buying this? Forever. Right? And the charge thing now, as we've yelled a million times in college basketball, 50-50 call. No, it's not. It's not. 90% of the time, the player's not in position to draw a charge. It's a friggin' block most of the time. So this whole Coach K thing put in by Shane Battier years ago, out. If the officials do their job. Well, that's a big I idea. love that it, three times in the game last night. A head throw, a, an attempt to draw three free throws on a three, and an attempt to draw a charge. Now, you're right. They have to do it. I think they're going to call it a lot early yeah, to, try to, root it, to try to root it out of the game. But then you better not relax. Come the NCAA tournament and conference tournaments, they need to call it because it does need to be cleaned from the game. The soccer antics that have come over to college basketball and the NBA. Enough. Oh, by it's the way. It's easy. We, we, can, we can see it. And believe me, I'm objective enough. Um, I mean, I believe me, I was ready in game one I did yesterday. So I come over for the Rebels game and they call three flops, right? So you get three free throws. I think two on uh, Southern, one on UNLV if I have it right. Lady Rebels game. Desi Ray Young. Boom! Throws herself to the floor. She did it three times. Never got a call. 
But like the way she sells the charge, like she literally is trying to throw herself through the floor. <laughs> and the rest, the rest completely bought it. But just as easily, they could have been like, oh, flop. Free throw. <laughs> I think it's a great addition to the game. I know you're, you know, you're a bit cynical that they're only doing it early and they're not going to call it. We'll see. I think it's awesome. Oh, with all awesome. judgment, if, if they do it, awesome. Because they, they, so. they cleaned up the three-pointers in the NBA a little bit with the leg kick. A little. A little bit. You still see it. And, and I, I just feel like. You can't you can't do the pump and then jump into someone on a three attempt. Every once in a while, you still see that too. But, but they but cleaned they're, up. They're, they're, it, it was trying. it was out. It was an epidemic. Yeah, they, it was so that's stupid. True. That's not basketball. That's true. I mean, I, look, I hope I have hope. But uh, like referees are kind of ingrained, and I think for the first couple games, if you're like do this, do this, do this, they'll yep. do it. But they're used what to have calling you, it. What have you always said about the block charge with the refs? Oh, they just they first of all they love it. They love calling the charge. They, <laughs> they love the love it's it. the whole antics. The, the hand behind the head, and boom, punch <laughs> the other way. Right as I run as I run across the studio, they love it. They, they, they can't. Now get they're it being off. neutered. They're like, no. Instead, you got to do ow but with they, the flop. They, they also like whatever the, my noise. They also are, like call, oh, Andrew you, Dice Clay. You said charge. They love calling the charge where they can run from underneath the basket out to the three point line, doing the tap on the head charge. Yep. But they also love the like hop up and down four times oh, block yeah. sign. Like stop. <laughs> it's me. not about. It's not about you. It's not about the that theatrics. Was, uh, that was well the much respected Joey Crawford who backed you down. Uh, Joey Crawford did a the 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 block with the hands on the hips from the baseline to the top of the uh, the the arc, and someone put it to Gangnam style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he almost went to the other side of the court. He just kept going. Like, what, what are you doing? Make the call and move oh, on. I love that last night. Oh. All right, let's uh, we'll bring in Curtis Terry here in five minutes. Get his reaction. A lot of things to break down from the Rebel victory yesterday. Join Cofield and Company on Thursdays for the live 2 to 5 show at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. During all NFL games this season, get 77-cent beers. It's Thursday Night Football at Silver 7's Flamingo in Paradise. Long rebound. Harkless runs it down. There's a pass over his head to Gilbert. Oh, And Luis Rodriguez slams it home. Highlight real stuff, and then a violation inbounding the ball on Gardner. Oh, God. That got you out of your chair. It sure did. I, mean, I had to get the blood flowing again, but boy, oh, boy. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 That was cool. Some of the uh, highlights from the Rebels' victory over Southern. A couple of... Uh, Awesome dunks by Luis Rodriguez. You can see why Rodriguez was so highly coveted when he first got to Ole Miss, and then when he hit the transfer portal last year. Big dude, has an NBA body, can jump through the roof, and that flair on that dunk was awesome. First of all, over-the-head pass by Harkless, then a carom off the backboard by Keyshawn Gilbert. And then a good catch. And the athleticism to throw it down with power by Luis Rodriguez. That was a fun that was a fun part of the show. That was a fun part of the show. And I'm talking about the show, the basketball game, which they won by 10. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. We'll get Curtis Terry on here in just a couple minutes. I know you talked about just the frenzied nature of the beginning of the game, you know, going a billion miles an hour on defense. Do you think they relaxed because they get out to a lead? Because I tend to think that's what it was. Because I know you were questioning, hey, if you if you do that for like the first eight minutes of the game, are you going to gash yourself and then you can't do it? You know, throughout the game. Yeah, I think it's more that. I mean, look, I know that 
you know, you've talked about or college basketball in the past. You have 40 minutes of hell at Arkansas and, um, you know, everything that the, that UNLV has done in the past with the Tark days and things like that. But I don't think it's possible. The pace that they played at defensively for the first like four minutes of that game yesterday, I don't think is, I don't think it's physically possible to do that. I just don't. Curtis Terry's with us. Curtis, how you doing, buddy? What's up, Curtis? I'm doing good. How's it going? We're good, man. How's it going? We're real good. Um, Hey, first of all, before the uh, dunk, and uh, we just played the highlight of you uh, screaming. Well, actually, let's get into that. Um, That was pretty cool. I mean, a little bit risky, but that was pretty cool, and it kind of shows the upside of what this team can be if they can actually get out and cause turnovers and run, run, run. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's what you like to see, right? I mean, fans of Thomas and Mack love the, the defense, getting on transition, uh, kind of like the old days uh, with Tark and his teams. Um, a lot of fun and a little risky play there. Um, obviously, throwing it off the glass, anything can happen. Uh, but when you got Lou Rodriguez coming up uh, to finish it, it it's going to be fun. And uh, it got me up out of my seat, and I think a lot of other people as well in Thomas and Mack. I, I thought uh, Kevin's answer about the play after the game was pretty interesting. You, you know him very well. Uh, Kevin cool with those sorts of plays? Because he said, hey, they made it. That's fine. Uh, I don't know what would have happened if they didn't. He's he's okay with that, right? He's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those, it's like, no, 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 no. Yes, 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 yes. You know what I mean? If, if it works out, it's, it's obviously, it's great. It's okay. Uh, you won't catch any heat for it. But uh, if it doesn't work out, obviously, I think you'd be singing a different tune. Um, and, and that's one you're like, ooh, I shouldn't have did that. Don't want to look over there to the bench, uh, kind of figuring what, what's going to happen. Uh, but again, in, in this case, um, high back 2020, uh, you can't go back and kind of change it, but it worked out for him in, in, in this sense. So, uh, obviously I think coach Kevin was happy, but if, if it didn't work out, um, I would have had a different reaction from that standpoint. Uh, <laughs> not something I would have tried for sure. No, a little, little too risky in my book. Yeah. I don't think Lon would have been as cool with it as Kevin. Maybe. Ooh, you know, uh, y- yeah. But again, that's what, like me, I, I wouldn't have tried it. Um, <laughs> but she, and kids these days. Um, they're a little, a little bit more athletic. Um, uh, they, they like to push the limits and toe the line a little bit more. Um, a lot more high flying. Um, like to have a lot more fun. So uh, from that standpoint, I'm going for the easy two, laying it in. Um, so in this case, might as well throw it off the glass and, and kind of see what happens. And, and, and Lou Rod went up and, and finished it. Obviously, you're not going to have a lot of finishes like that. That's fun and, and it's good to watch. But just in terms of finishing and transition, scoring some transition buckets. I guess how much is that magnified for a team like this that is a work in progress on the offensive end but is really energetic defensively, is getting in the passing lanes? Like, they've got to turn those transition opportunities into buckets consistently, right? Uh, yeah, I think everybody wants to do that, right? That's obviously the name of the game. Um, it's, it's easy to, to score and not have to set up in half court if you can get out in transition, uh, defense to offense, um, and, and make it easy. Obviously, everybody likes to play fast, get up and down threes and layups, that's kind of what basketball has, has transitioned into, um, especially since the Steph Curry kind of era in, in the Warriors and, and playing fast and, and, and kind of the analytics of the game. Um, but I think that, like you said, this team is, is going to continue to gel, um, just like every team is. It's, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Um, you're going to kind of continue to grow, uh, find your kind of your niche in, in your groove. Uh, but again, I think the, the bright spot is if you play defense um, like they did and kind of showed in, in stretches, you're, you're capable of being able to have some, some lulls offensively uh, because you're not going to give up anything on the other end. So, again, that's one in the hand, one in the, two in the bush. But I think from this standpoint, it was a good finish um, for Lou Rod. Hopefully they can continue to get out in transition, because if you do, you don't have to worry about half court, and it, it's, it's a kind of a, a mute subject and a mute point. There you go. That's the voice of Curtis Terry. Of course, a former Rebel, you can hear him on the radio broadcast of the games. Uh, I, we, we talked about the, the effort defensively. I think the effort was there. Uh, the uh, Just the... the 
the really active uh, getting in the passing lanes, everything they did, I thought I really liked defensively yesterday. But that first three to four minutes in particular, I wanted to ask you about because that was a different level. Like it's been a long time since I've seen defense played at that like hyper, that frenetic of a pace. That's just physically impossible to maintain for forty minutes, right? You can't physically do that. Uh, I mean, in a perfect world, right? You, you could. Um, I think from from one standpoint is with having some depth and, and a lot of different guys that can play multiple positions and kind of being interchangeable pieces. Um, you're afforded the opportunity to kind of really leave it all out there, dash yourself out for hard minutes, and then you get a sub and get a breather, come back. And I think we kind of saw that kind of hockey line changes. Um, could be something that can allow that pressure to sustain. Um, but, again, it's, it's probably not likely to be able to sustain for 40 minutes each night out. Um, hopefully it can. But, again, I think they'll continue to get better because, again, when they were on their game defensively, great things happen. Um, even, like you said, when they have lows offensively. Uh, but, but, nonetheless, I, I think they're going to continue to grow on both ends of the floor. Um, and whenever that happens, where you are now, I mean, the, the sky's the limit in terms of what they can be um, as long as they continue to progress and, and guys continue to, to fill holes and, and make plays where they can um, and, and continue to accentuate their, their skills and their abilities um, playing off of each other and playing for each other. Talking Rebels basketball, Curtis Harry's with us. 66-56 win last night for the running Rebels over Southern. you got to have a go-to guy or two in crunch time. I don't think there's any doubt about the go-to guy. Who do you think it is? Oh, man. Um, I, I think it's, from one perspective, I, I think someone's going to be able to put, your, put, your, put the ball in their hands and to try to get downhill, obviously, not having Bryce Hamilton. Um, I mean, that is a luxury. You don't have that right now from this standpoint in terms of just a, a bona fide score, go get a bucket, you know, get out of the way. Um, I, think, I think Luis Rodriguez can do that. Um, I think at times it's going to be um, Keyshawn Gilbert. Um, but I think that's the beauty of this team. I think you can have on, on any given night somebody that can step up and make a big play. Um, and, and John and I talk about this, when you don't have someone that's just I mean, head and shoulders in terms of offensive ability and the focus of the scouting report every night out for the other team, it's harder to guard because you don't know where it's going to come from, who's going to step up, and you kind of got to be ready from all angles. And I think that's one thing this team is going to continue to be able to, to bring and give is it might be Keyshawn, it might be Lurod, it might be Elijah, it might be EJ, um, it, it could be David, it, it could be any number of guys um, throughout the course of the season, and I think that's what makes teams dangerous. Um, but I think we'll continue to see them grow, and, and who's going to really step into that role of, hey, I'm the closer, or I'm going to be the guy to, to make a play for our team. Um, but I don't think that they're quite there yet in terms of, hey, head and shoulders, you're the man like we've seen with, with Bryce Hamilton in the past. Who do you think it is, Adam? I saw what I needed to see last night to make a decision. Well, who do you think it is? Well, you know, Keyshawn Gilbert's just my guy. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm going to say him almost yeah. every time for everything. Okay. I'm I'm with you on that, and you know, in terms of him being downhill, he can get to where he wants to get to, and he can pile up free throws. I think it's Harkless, Curtis. Yeah, I I I can see that. The, the one thing uh, that not concerned me, but that kind of you know, uh, reared its head a little bit, is in terms of um, from a physical standpoint. Obviously, he hasn't been out there a ton. Right. Um, I think it, when you get the conference play, I think he's going to be that dude for sure. Um, been there, experienced, played at the high level, played in the tournament. Those things are going to going to come to light from a standpoint. Um, but I don't think right now, I don't think everybody's comfortable kind of with that. Um, but I think, I mean, if we had to make a decision right now, I mean, call it on the spot. Definitely, you definitely want to give it to, to EJ and let him kind of just, just do his thing. Um, but again, I, I think that's going to be something to where you, you can be a secondary option or kind of a decoy and, and draw attention away from guys as well. Um, 
as things move forward and progress to the season um, from that standpoint. But definitely want to make sure that he's 100%. And I think we saw flashes of what he can do, but I think, again, he's going to continue to get better week by week, game by game, as we continue to progress through this thing. And I think conference play, he's going to be a guy that's, that's definitely going to be number one on that on that scouting report for the opposing team to try to shut down. And that's where someone else can step up. Yeah, I think the important thing in a go-to guy is someone who actually wants it, too. And I think Keyshawn wants it, and I think Harkless is going to be that guy. And, you know, I saw him showing some good maturity on the court and, you know, instructing others where the offense is supposed to be. Defensively, we know how good Keyshawn Gilbert is. Boy, you know who I was really impressed with? One turnover in 30 minutes and just hawked the point guard bringing the ball up the floor, but didn't do it like out of control. He was just a constant pain in the ass for Southern, and that's Parquet. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I'll double down on that one for sure. I mean, what, what he can do and what he's done in the past, um, it speaks for itself. I mean, obviously, coming from Colorado, being able to, to do things defensively in the Pac-12, um, that, that, that resume you know, says all it needs to say. And having a guy like Keyshawn, who we've seen what he can do, and now he's added that offensive element to his game to make him even tougher in terms of a, of a guard and someone to go against. Now you, you add Eli, uh, Lou Rod can guard, um, a number of guys that can step out there and want to guard. I think that's also good. You saw David Mwoka step out there and switch on a guard and slide in his feet. When you can switch five guys on the perimeter, again, it's hard to attack that, and I think we saw that at times. Um, but I, I, me personally, I don't want to have to bring the ball up against Eli um, or Keyshawn, for that matter, um, or, or Lou Rod. And so, again, pick your poison. Who, who do you want to have to try to, to attack? Because we, we saw it last night. They're definitely going to pick some pockets and, and turn that defense into offense. Last minute here, Ken Lurod, as you're calling him. Can he be an elite offensive player? Oh, yeah, I think so for sure. Okay. Uh, I think we saw that in Canada. I think we saw some of that last night. Um, I think the big thing is guys making sure they find their spots, but also get comfortable. I mean, Coach said it at halftime with JVT. We're going to continue to grow, right? We're going to get comfortable, um, kind of figure out our roles and our, and our flows and, and where we're going to be successful um, and, and find a rhythm as a team. Um, and I think he's a guy, like, like Coach said at, at the coach show last week, he's a guy that can play in the NBA. He thinks he's a guy that can do multiple things on the court, obviously size and athleticism, uh, knocking down shots. Um, and I think he's a guy that, that 100% for sure is, is going to be a big focal point of this team. Um, but what I like right now is that it's not clear-cut obvious uh, and I think that's good for them because it makes the other team kind of guess and question who do we focus on uh, because you don't know where it's going to come from. Like in the past, you knew it was going to be Bryce Hamilton, kind of giving the rock get out of the way. Um, but in this case, yeah, roll the dice at the crapshoot on, on which one to cover because they all can they all can hurt you. All right, Curtis, good spot. Excited to have college basketball back, and we'll see you on Saturday, okay? You guys have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. There, there is Curtis Terry, the former Rebel. He's on the radio broadcast, also uh, one of the hosts of the Kevin Kruger radio show. That comes up tomorrow on Raider Nation Radio 920. That's every Wednesday at 5 o'clock. Let's do a giveaway right now, 364 364-1100, 364-1100. A couple of VIP treatments at Crazy Horse 3, Silver and Black After Party, 364-1100. Ari's going to hook you up with a free entry for you and your buddies to the, the After Party following the Raiders and the Colts right across from the stadium. And, uh, Crazy Horse 3 doing a bunch of community-driven holiday events, including, hey, if you go in today with your I Voted sticker, right, we all get them, get treated to a complimentary cocktail, and they've also got a canned food drive benefiting Angels of Las Vegas, November 10th through November 30th, bring in three non-perishable canned goods, and you will receive a complimentary cocktail at Crazy Horse 3 on Russell.